What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. Alright, man. Episode 37. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. Just to think, we started this in April on episode 1. Not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing where it was going to go. And it's just crazy to believe now. We are on episode 37, going into December, almost Christmas time, and most importantly guys, it's almost the end of the year, end of 2020, I know that is maybe everybody's mindset right now, 2020, be gone, be gone 2020, but hey, we gonna be getting through this, we gonna drop the elbow on them and let's get it going. Today's episode on episode 37, I'm going to be joined with Over the Top Ropes podcast on Deshaun Blackheart. That's right, Over the Top Rope podcast. Um, If y'all haven't heard, I was a guest on his podcast three weeks ago where we got to go back in memory lane and relive my great professional wrestling career where we got to just talk about how I started. What, uh, what what advice do I have for up-and-coming wrestlers that are trying to get in the business? Um, ring psychology, ring etiquette. I mean, just the proper way to get into the business. I mean, it was just a great chat. It was so much fun. Uh, I don't really do those often, to go back in memory lane like that. So it was really cool just to do it. And, just, and really cool, man, for me to be the guest. I have never been a guest on so many podcasts that I've done. That was definitely cool. Uh, it was amazing. Obviously, that is going to be. And I told him on his episode, I will do the favor and have him on mine. So guess what? Today, guys, episode thirty-seven. Let's have over the pod, over the top rope podcast on Deshaun Black Heart. That's right, y'all. So today we're going to talk about. Survivor Series, the upcoming pay-per-view that just happened. Uh, one of the biggest monumental things we're going to talk about is The Undertaker's Farewell. 30 years, guys. 30 years of being the American Badass, the Phenom, the Dead Man, 
I mean, the names keep going on and on. All I can say is Icon. Uh, also, when I was maybe five to six years old, the scariest son of a gun I ever walked near. Uh, yeah, y'all talk about Jason Freddy and all them. Undertaker is mine. I was terrified of the guy. And um, obviously he had his farewell last, sat, uh, last Sunday. Just, it was very awesome. Just awesome. That's all I can say about it. But we're going to talk to Deshaun about that. Also, we're going to talk about the major differences between two main wrestling companies. And the two wrestling companies, I know y'all are asking. We're going to talk about the difference between WWE and AEW. Uh, I've been wanting to have this conversation with people before. Obviously, the new talk in wrestling now is the AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Uh, the one good positive thing I'll say about All Elite Wrestling, they're giving guys that I've known, that I've been in rings with, and just been able to share such great times on the road or whatever, chances to get on TV. Basically, everyone's goal. Try to get on TV and make a good living out of this. That's most of the people's goal. That's what I was on. I mean, obviously... Didn't fall for me, but hey, I'm glad to see what it does for them. Uh, WWE, it's been there forever. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I can say about WWE. But hey, man, I am so looking forward to finding out what Deshaun's going to say about AEW and WWE and just the mindset and just how in-depth and detailed that he goes about these. I mean, I'm looking so forward to it because obviously when I was on his podcast, it just was amazing to know how much knowledge he has on the venue, on booking, on the money-making issues and stuff like that. What it entails for WWE, the ratings, numbers, and stuff like that. It was just really cool. I'm just like, wow. You know all that? Like, holy cow. <laughs> so, obviously, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about Deshaun's YouTube uh, WWE simulated career mode wrestling organization that he's got going currently off of twitch and youtube uh we're gonna talk about that obviously everybody's had a chance to want to be an owner of a team a owner of a company and guess what deshaun is living that dream and it's on youtube and twitch on tuesdays and fridays i think um don't quote me on it we will talk more into that so y'all can get more info on it but so when we come back we will be talking to deshaun blackheart I'm joined with Deshaun Blackheart. What's up, bud? Hey, what's going on with you, Warren? How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. How you been, man? Everything's everything. Taking it one day at a time, one step at a time. Same shit. Oh, yeah. Well, they do paint. Same shit, different toy, new underwear. <laughs> what's that? What'd you say? Same, I said same, same shit, different day, new period of underwear. <laughs> hey, but I'm sure everybody's been in a food coma after yesterday. <laughs> I, haven't, you know, I haven't reached like half my plate and stuff like that just yet. So, I mean, I'm warming oh, up. Man. Yeah, I give me like an extra like, couple of these. I'm out to where everyone else was at yesterday. Oh, yeah, man. All right. So, first and foremost, man, so tell us. So, what made you start the Off the Top Roads podcast? <sighs> it was the Elimination it was an elimination pay per view earlier earlier this year, and the way that the finish went down. Well, actually, it was a whole pay per view. The whole pay per view technically sucked, 
And I know mm-hmm. I go behind the scenes with some of my boys and stuff like that, and then we talk about wrestling and stuff like that. Then I just thought about one day, randomly. This is right before the whole um, outbreak had just started. The whole stay-at-home order was just taking its effect and stuff. And just sitting there, stumbling around, found found anchor myself. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Try giving it a shot, and you know, you know, taking it in life of its own. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, pretty it's, much that. This little uh, this app can do for people. I'll tell you what. It's been, a, it's been an awesome, ultimate, ultimate thrill ride. I know that's no pun intended on a slogan in one of the wrestling companies, but it's been a really awesome experience, I would definitely say. Uh, I love your podcast. I, I love the observation you did for Survivor Series, knowing that you are a big Undertaker fan. So tell me, man. What do you think of Survivor Series? Survivor, wait, Survivor Series as a whole, just in general, or just the Undertaker farewell part? You just tell me what you feel. Okay. So, basically, the way I felt about the pay-per-view, all right, if you want to give it, like, between, like, a 1 out of 10, I'll give it I'll give it about a decent 7 and a half. That's really me and Karen. And that was only because mm-hmm. of the New Day and the Street Profits tag team match that happened. Um... That was a show stealer. Yeah, that was a show stealer. But for me, I really felt it was definitely the Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre match. That solidified oh, yeah. all those guys. Like those are the future of this mm-hmm. uh, of the of this particular company, and they represent the titles very well. So to see my man McIntyre lose, and yeah, he was you know, he was one of my um he was one of my picks uh, on my show. That I I said I said and I quote rather he wins or loses no matter what you gotta underline his name and he's gonna be getting that now solidified push to be the mm-hmm. main star for one brand and that's what happens to be raw for right now. Nonetheless, the case oh, yeah. of the whole farewell with the Undertaker thing, it it I mean it really wasted what like a half an hour thirty five minutes. I don't know how long it really took. And no disrespect to Taker because much as he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Mike Mitchell, no question. Just mm-hmm. the fact that he went out and only said a few words and then that was it, and then we get the eerie hologram of Paul Bearer. So that to me kind of like struck me. So didn't really sleep well that night watching that. I was gonna watch that little clip, but um, yeah, we've seen this thing before. I mean, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, Warren, no funny shit. He should have been retired mm-hmm. the very moment when he lost the Roman. That would be the perfect time. Yeah. Like, All right, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. And there's other more that I that I want to do, and no disrespect to AJ, that match would never happen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I agree. I agree with you on that. I was actually at the WrestleMania where Taker dropped all his stuff, kissed his wife. He broke so much kayfabe. Like mm-hmm. the funny thing is about this. I don't know if I told you on your episode or not. That pay per view went so much longer because. You thought that was it. You thought the way he dropped his gloves, he dropped his jacket, he dropped the hat, and kissed his wife. Like, we teared up, like, everyone around me. I mean, I was over by that Bud Light zone, and, I mean, everyone was just in a total awe. Like, we just witnessed. Like, yes, Taker's match wasn't great. You could tell that from any any way or personal, any way. It was a it was a rough match, especially the ending. The finish was probably the most sketchy part because Taker looked so out of it. 
But no pun intended, Taker is still, even in my book, probably the best gimmick ever in WWE and in professional wrestling because there's now, nobody else. Yeah, I mean, sorry for bothering you, but with his gimmick, 30 years of having the same, this, the same character, the same gimmick, but going through the evolution of the times and adapt and evolve is how he remained relevant and consistent. And you got to give him credit for that, too. So, um, yeah. you, need, you, you can see how so many other people, if they're not with that one character and they can have like a like a walk-in longevity with that character, then it, it, it's not going to be relevant. It's not going to that one. He's the mm-hmm. one out of many few that actually has full full call blocks, full capability of taking his character and knew when he needs to change his game around to keep up with himself. To keep up with the rest yeah. of the walker and the business itself. So kudos to him. Yeah. I mean, I get the reason why he, he felt like that didn't need to be his farewell. But of course he did have the hip surgery. And I mean we're going to be real. Hip surgeries are really hard to come back from. I've never experienced a hip surgery, luckily. <laughs> Knock on wood a little bit, you know. But luckily, but I've heard it's not the best thing to heal from right off the rip. Excited about it, but I was also hurt it the same way because we literally were at WrestleMania until almost 3 o'clock that morning to watch Taker leave that ring. So it was just like, wow. Like, all that that we waited on and we kept saying this is it for him and da-da-da, apparently it's not it. But it wasn't that long of a match. And then, obviously, we get the AJ Styles match in there. And, of course, the Goldberg match. Uh, oh, boy. That Goldberg match was terrible. I I will say this. Goldberg was never known to be a long, a long, a long-time worker. Oh, no, no. Facts. No. Facts. He was known to go in there, dominate, crush the person, and take it home easily, real quick and powerful. And it was just crazy to see how quick and fast his matches were, but how it made it such a, a reaction to the crowd. And right. and I think Goldberg needed to stop the ritual of him headbutting the wall before he go out to that ring because oh. Saudi Arabia <laughs> definitely, I can only imagine how hot it could have been out there. And just like literally, with adding in blood, and you're not even getting touched much, you're already gushed out and everything. Maybe that wasn't the best choice because I mean, I mean it's not really just that though. Like you gotta look at how consistent, how really consistent was me was Bill Goldberg to be honest. Like mm-hmm. you gotta think about it. he would he would he only signed the contract to really work two or three matches within one year, so it yeah. wasn't like he was on a consistent full-time basis, like half of those superstars is doing currently doing right now. And he wasn't mm-hmm. never really and he never really was that type of person in the beginning anyway. Yeah. So if you really look at his moveset, you can only do so much and you only have so much time. Then what? You you just had to find the right partner for him. Uh Triple H with him and oh. the Triple H match, I loved it. The, uh, Triple H can but, work a broomstick. I'm sorry, like Triple H could, he could be the biggest bad guy, and you would, he'd make a way for you to absolutely hate him, and you would cheer for that broomstick that he was wrestling. Like it's just how organic it is for him to just 
get a crowd to absolutely despise him. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. The sledgehammer and his dialogue, it just yes. there's no other by himself can make you be like, yo, he's a fucking prick. I just don't like this guy. So yeah, I, I totally definitely know how that felt. And then he was one of those. He was he was definitely one of those people that I really was like, it was it was okay to hate and dislike. Mm-hmm. I guess people wanted to put it in that sort of sense. But nonetheless, when it came uh, when it comes to Triple H, like I still feel like him. Him having that golden shovel really, you know, suppressing a lot of superstars was really just a bad move. So, I do want to ask you on this. What do you, how do you feel about them bringing back guys knowing that there has been guys out constantly taking the roads, obviously making the trip to Orlando every week, basically doing every live event as possible? But I mean, COVID right now. I I'm really not upset the way they did Undertaker's trip. I will say that, like, you couldn't really do much other than what they did for him. Uh, he did it in character. He almost broke down a couple of times as well, which I thought was very impactful. A little bit gave a feeling to. I was really expecting like all the wrestlers to come out, greet him, kind of like how they did Sean, how they did. Rick Flair and guys like that. So I was really shocked to see, like, they brought all those guys out to basically show an achievement that that was with Undertaker. And obviously they had it all through the trials all the way to Triple H and then to his brother Kane, which Kane was actually in gimmick as well. So that was really cool to see that. And he was actually his, his whole character. Like, he didn't want to shake nobody's hand or nothing. Like, he showed a true realism to make this character. Like, look, we're honoring somebody that was considered my brother in the ring. And so we're going to do it the right way. And then, obviously, when Taker comes out, nobody's that in the ring. So I was a little shocked on that part. The Paul Bearer hologram, I loved it. Because if you think of The Undertaker, you have to think of Paul Bearer. Right. Paul Bearer was the guy for him. Like, you know how like Brock Lesnar has Paul Heyman right now. If mm-hmm. Paul, if Brock ever goes in the Hall of Fame, Paul Heyman better be right there with him. Like Absolutely. that's that's how I would say for those two guys on that one. But I do want to, I do really want to get your opinion on that idea about where they bring guys back that are not full time working. How do you feel about that? Can you can you repeat the question, please? I want to know how you – what's your opinion on them bringing people back, knowing that there is full-time workers there every single day, every single time, every Monday Night Raw, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, just every live event, but you're bringing back guys that basically could work five shows a year or something like that. I mean uh... – it's mixed feelings with that one because I understand why WWE needs them to come on TV because you got to look at their viewerships and stuff. And yeah. look at how many uh, viewerships that they have lost since the Attitude Era. That's a mm-hmm. good five, like 4.5 or 4.8 million people. You only down mm-hmm. to like a one, like I mean, mainly between anywhere between a 1.2 to a 1.5, 1.6 mil a, like a week. SmackDown is yeah. probably doing maybe 2.1, 2.2 mil, if I'm not yeah. highly mistaken. But nonetheless, like you see, 
But it's all about the storytelling and what they're lacking of is drama when it comes to yeah. that. I mean, when it comes to their content. And that's why you have to keep relying on people like Edge, people like Randy Orton to stay relevant on on TV to get some of the nostalgic people like me and certain other people to just, just to keep watching the program. So, and when I, do I feel work, like it also, work, I would say also based off of their gimmick, like the guys now, they're just doing so much. And I don't feel like they're showing their gimmick as well. But, but it's also been suppressing these upcoming stars. And he got mm-hmm. the. He got the talent full. You know, he got the lot of full of talent, and he's not utilizing them right, or he's not pointing in that right direction to actually get them over with the fans. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to see people get themselves over by themselves. Like he wants to take that initiated credit. So you yeah. gotta remember, you gotta remember who's running the show over there. And he's still alive, and you see what the hell he looks like. <laughs> in series. He was the fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. That's all you gotta say about that because. Looking at how, looking at what he's, looking at what he's done during the whole pandemic era, as much as they can't even see the word pandemic and coronavirus on television or any other program, which kind of sucks, but we all get it. Nonetheless, he's trying to maintain your image. But right now, does the image really need to be that polished right now during this time of crisis? True. I agree with you. All the other stuff that was going on throughout the, throughout the whole duration, including the speaking out movement, too. Mm-hmm. So. There's other there's other reasons to this. It's just yeah. we're just only tackling to one layer, so go too deep. You might never you, know, you might never know what you may know. It's fine. <laughs> hey, I, I agree with you on some things. I feel like the ones for me coming from that background, I remember you get something and obviously no one's idea is gonna be great. Uh, right off the rip. No one's idea will be completely great. Which I could have been the very simple American guy, and I could have literally watched all the Patriots matches and literally did the exact same thing. Obviously, I'm not as big as him, and I dang sure wasn't as tall as him, but you know what? I could have just reenacted him. No, I took it and tried to do something my own way with it. Uh, obviously, there is things. I'm sure Vince goes and looks at him and goes, all right, this is your game. Now it's his turn to show why someone should invest in that character. So, I mean, I give you, I, I agree with you on some things on that, but there is also guys that are just look at it and go, man, this sucks. So they don't give it a full effort. Do you believe that? I do. So I can name a prime example right now, Travel Guerrero, where they decided to make him into that uh, white caddy person. And they had oh, the current white character. Yeah. Perfect prime example with that one. So, you knew he did not put his heart to it, and he didn't even want to. And he didn't even want to even have to do it. Yeah, so I totally agree with you on that. And this definitely gimmicks from past and present right now. Eugene, um, who's that? Um, hey man, I loved Eugene. Eugene's Eugene character. Few, Eugene I wanted so much people. more out of that character. Like one hit wonders, like anybody, like anybody that they had, and any company that didn't last that long. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's not like people just want to just say, okay, I want to come in as this. No, they're all magically going to make, you know, they're all magically going to have a gimmick ready for you, tailor made, and then that's it. And if you don't mm-hmm. get over, we'll, we'll write you off and then try something else. Right. You know I agree I mean? with you on that. I think they did. So, I, 
my opinion, I think it's like Braun Strowman. Uh, they gave him something basically because somebody wasn't able to do their part. They gave the title to Braun. But I was really shocked to see Braun really coming out as a real champion. Like, Braun really brought himself out. I think this was the most character-driven I've ever seen Braun the whole time he's been in the WWE. Because I remember when he first started, usually when you see the real big guys not do much, obviously they don't know how to bump. Braun proved that he can bump just as fine. And Braun can prove that he can move just as well as all these other guys. But for his height and stuff, it won't make fully sense. But obviously, he does it at right timing. And I think Braun has actually had a major good push. And I'm curious what they're going to do with him now or they're just going to kill him off. Because I remember when they did the Bray Wyatt thing where the Swamp thing, he became an absolute monster. And now he's just like wearing camo pants and a olive green shirt now. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, what happened to the monster character we just found? So what's going on with this? Are we just throwing that away now? Because now he made Alexa Bliss's <laughs> Bray Wyatt's accomplice now? Like, that was just all they needed for that? Like, what, what's all going on over here? I mean, you got to finish the whole stories on these things. That's the thing that drives me nuts with some of these. I mean, uh Braun hasn't lost in the midst of the last two, the last two and a half years. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. This ain't his first rodeo. This ain't his first go around with this. Not knowing where the hell he's going, what he's doing. That's why I go back and forth with Raw, SmackDown, back and then back inside my Raw. They don't know what the hell mm-hmm. they're really doing, to really be honest. I just think that they just, they feel like he's not capable and Vince is allowed to be the big man that he dreams of or whatever, I guess. You know, Vince always has right. to be about, you know, big guys and like whatever and you know in this regard since Hulk Hogan right now out. So it ain't hard to tell. But um they're probably gonna kill him off. They're probably gonna kill him off. Like I don't know what else did that that they can really do. He's been changing back and forth from baby face to hill back to baby face. So how many more right. times are you gonna have that character go to that the um, heel you know personality changes and he still he still can't fucking stay consistent. We'll have another big show on our hands. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get killed off, man. So I give it maybe Bray Rumble time. So that's what TLC rumor has it that's supposed to be him versus McIntyre. So I don't know how they're going to incorporate that storyline into the mix in two and a half, three weeks. But and that does something's going to happen that might actually write him off that way. Um, and. What happens with that? Maybe, maybe something could be some type of resurgence, and he'll team up with someone. I don't know. That'd be the only thing that you could probably really do with him. But who's yeah. really team him up with? In the, but who's really team him up with in the first place? So looking looking at that raw locker room itself. So right. they, I mean, they got options. I just don't think that they don't know what they're really doing to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I mean, I, I like how you use that comparison. Braun is literally the big show, in my opinion. Like, but not the big show in the attitude era. The big show, basically, that literally had 90 different personalities and literally just was like, okay, I'll show up whatever you need me to do. Just that's all I can do for you, I guess. Which 
it was it did good for a while, and then obviously you just kept expecting it more. So it was just like, all right, now what are we getting out of this? Like, what's what what are we doing on this? But all right, I want to change the subject a little bit. So the big buzz, and I'm sure everyone loves this talk as well. Tell me, what's the difference between AEW and WWE? Um, difference between AEW and WWE. Uh, okay, let's start with AEW first. Um, I believe they have a better tag team division. You look at the names that they have. Um, Young Bucks, my favorite. Um, um, Lucha Bros. Now you got Butcher and the Blade, and you got so many other teams like. I just can't probably get one right now under these unfortunate circumstances because of my memory is going too essentially too far. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, you sound like I a wrestler, man. <laughs> shut up. Anyway, um, it's the fact that their boss is like basically another Eric Bischoff. He's one of the boys, and he's mm-hmm. going to try to incorporate what they want, but he needs to still get his input to get them to do what he needs them to do. So it's a partnership type, you know, same type of sense. Now going over to WWE, where everything is corporate, everything's fucking corporate, from the sponsorships mm-hmm. to the writing team. So there's nothing more that to be coming into a stadium one at twelve at twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the afternoon, seven hours before showtime, and have to be handed a script to remember, and have to go by what it says, or you have to go in. Try to talk it out with Vince or something like that, blah, blah, blah. Just trying to get shit rewrite. Compared mm-hmm. to AEW, everything is just organic. You just hit, get hit with certain bullet points, go off with it. If mm-hmm. you're going to do a promo, otherwise, it's going to be a mansion with you. They're always going to try to protect that person. Now, um, as far as the wrestling, the style of it goes, you can definitely tell between the two. One's definitely more. Stationary chore- uh, choreographed compared to the other one where it's a little bit looser and you can definitely tell there's more flip and more yeah. athleticism than the other one than the other one does right now. Mm-hmm. And really according and it really goes according to the story. Now, storyteller wise, yeah, AEW gets a little top notch for that because they know when surgery's about to be over, we gotta have this new thing going. Boom. So they always got something planned. Compared to WWE, you might never know. You might go in there. Unless if you're a top star, then you automatically have a program ready. Then they're going to try to incorporate you somehow, some way that makes sense to them, which probably doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to them. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. So there's a lot of ways that you, that you can look at this. And this is, and, 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 and go deep. It's just one that has a more high production company and the other one is still trying to... Oh, and the difference... WWE has a better women's division than AEW does. Period, folks. Yes. And yes, I said it. So until what I see Britt Baker win that AEW women's uh, women championship belt, that belt means nothing right now. Period. So stop Oh man, shots fired on that one. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop on that one. <laughs> shout out to you know, shout out to my future dentist. And you know saying and shout out to her assistant Reba, by the way. I'll tell you right now man like there's two women that catch my eyes more than anything Uh, obviously she is not signed by AEW or WWE Tessa Blanchard and Mm. that girl Mm -mm. 
she would change a division if she could get somewhere. I mean, obviously, she she could go to WWE if she wanted. She could go to AEW if she wanted to. She's just having fun right now. But I would love in the future to see a Charlotte Flair versus Tessa Blanchard match. That was the mm-hmm. that's the only main women match I would really really would die <laughs> would love to see that one. Um, so much great history and a good story that would be. Fun. And I told you this one I first met uh, that you first did the first episode with me. I've been a WWE guy. I mean, I've watched some of the AEW matches. I've been to an AEW show. Uh, AEW, the only guys that really caught my attention were obviously the guys that came from WWE. Uh, I was never a big John uh, Dean Ambrose fan, a.k.a. now John Moxley. Shout out to my guy, man. You gotta, yo, man, you gotta put some respect on his name. You and the, oh, the, no, no, no. I mean, no. Oh, let me, let me finish on this. So, I wasn't a Dean Ambrose fan, but I do like what they're doing with him as John Moxley. And I will say that. Uh, they have gave him a major gig with it. Uh, his match with Jericho, I loved it. Uh, his match with Omega, I'm looking forward to it. I was never a real big Omega fan. I didn't really know much of Omega. I just knew of, okay. He likes to just talk bad about guys that, okay, you know what? That John Cena, AJ Styles match that people have been like, hey, man, that was really good. Omega's like, I could have done that in my sleep. So, I mean, I just looked at more and more of his matches and obviously his match with Chris Jericho. Wow. I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I really, like, enjoyed his match. Uh, some of the stuff now he's getting, obviously they're giving him a story where he's getting up in the coming ranks, I guess, now. Um, do you like what AEW's doing with the rank roster, obviously, saying, like, okay, this is how many wins they have every year? Or do you really think that really does matter? I, I really don't think it doesn't matter anymore, to be honest. Because that's, at first, that's, uh, cause at first it really was taking its effect, but then when you see how some of the booking had went down and – who's been missing and all of the stuff because of injuries or COVID reasons and stuff like that. It changed, it changed certain booking decisions. It changed certain storylines around. So I don't think mm-hmm. it really should even matter anymore. Right. So you think it was just a cool little thing just for the first year? Yeah. I, yeah, I believe that. I think they're going to really try to just stand like a try transition into a more of a wrestling Base, I guess presentation mm-hmm. more than just making it feel like it's like a like a sports event. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a, I mean, like it could be like a UFC if you ever was. I mean, if anyone noticed the whole Jericho and Hager and SCU match, how they got the whole mm-hmm. trunk um colors, trunk color screen on the left side of the screen. And when I seen that, I was like, stupid. And now it pops up. Every now and then, in a few moments, and then, like, now make you feel like it's like a USC fight, which we don't need to. We already know who the fuck they are. Because it's mm-hmm. stupid. You cook up a damn screen, and that shit became fucking annoying. So, I like that part. <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but nonetheless, that's just how I feel about the situation. Yeah. Hey, hey, everyone's allowed in their own opinion. I, I was back and forth. I remember when they first announced it, I'm like, I mean, coming from me as a wrestler and stuff like that, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, the win losses matter or not. I mean, it was different. Something new. It got people more intrigued to it. 
I remember when it first came out, when the first Dynamite show came out, guys at my job were just losing their minds over it. Like, oh, my gosh, it was like watching WCW again. Like, these guys were amazing. And I was like, I see most of these guys work. But it was like in bingo halls and ballparks and stuff like that. So, I mean, where you see some of these guys now that I've worked with and guys, and it's just like, that's awesome. Like, it's really cool to see these guys finally getting – a spotlight finally getting what the hard work they've had. Obviously with COVID right now, AEW is amazing for independent workers right now. Absolutely amazing for independent workers. I've seen three of my great friends on the AEW thing where they did the build up for Lance Archer, where they went into that swamp thing and they were all in that battle royal type ring. I got to see three of my guys just tussle it up with Lance Archer. So that was really cool to see. And obviously in my episode, on my previous episodes, they were talking about their experience with it, and all three stories were so different. Uh, it was just really cool to just see what happened, and I was really shocked to know most of my guys did not work out when Jake the Rock, uh, Jake the Snake came out, because <laughs> I would have probably lost it on that part. I'm not even gonna lie; like we're told not to mark out for guys, because obviously. You might be working for these guys in the future, but I would have definitely have lost it for Jake the Snake. Because, I mean, it's Jake the Snake. You can't. Like, literally. There was, like, three guys I knew for a fact. And I told everyone, because we all had a list that we were talking about the guys that we could keep our cool with and then the guys we would mark out for. Obviously, the three might have been Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, and probably The Rock. Those would be the three for me. And then, obviously, a lot of guys were like, man, Jake the Snake's got to be on my top list. But I was like, yeah, I give that. I, I give that appreciation because of the legendary of just what he was. was amazing type scenario. But I think that's the good thing I like about AEW is just that it's giving more independent guys a chance. Um, the one thing I don't like what AEW has actually done a little bit when they sat there and said they weren't going to do this they were hiring all the WWE release guys left and right. But obviously with COVID right now, you really didn't have a choice. But I do love the fact that they got the revival. Yeah. You can't get any better with a tag team. I tell people to this day, one of the best tag team matches I've seen in WWE in a long time, American Alpha versus the revival. Uh, I think it was TakeOver Dallas. That match was amazing. So crisp match. I mean, I love Chad and Gable. I mean, I love Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. So just how easy their gimmick was, but how Mm -hmm. so different they were with their characters. And I was hoping so bad that Kurt Angle would probably have been a manager for them. I think that would probably kept that tag team going. I was devastated when they freaking split because I was like, that was literally one of the best tag teams they had out there. And, I mean, I compared them and New Day almost in that same part a little bit. If they would gave uh, American Alpha a little bit more of a chance, I think they would have been a real – even that, they could have been a great heel tag team. Because that's how I they started in NXT. They could have been another version of Team Angle. You know what I'm saying? Like what they yeah, did. that's what I was – From back then, right? Yeah. That was pretty cool to see Chad Gable and uh, Shelton with it a little bit. Obviously, <laughs> Chad just got thrown in there with him, but it was just – I mean, I was a little upset how they did Shelton right off the get-go because I was really curious of what they were going to do when they brought him back. Obviously, 
we saw what they gave them. But now nah, I like the Hurt Club. Um, the factions they got now at WWE, do you think some of them are impressive or do you think they're just kind of like begging for you to just to get an audience, Tyson? Mm-hmm. Like you, oh my, is that how you feel on it? Like you, like you, you think that I believe that that you're trying to do anything to try to get the audience back, or you think it's all systematic? I mean, it's back and forth. I mean, obviously, like COVID, I feel like is a chance any sport in general or any entertainment show to just take a risk, take something that you're not used to, and just see if it works. Hmm. And. I love what they're doing with the Hurt business right now because now it's giving Bobby Lashley something because I've been begging for a major good thing for this guy for a long time. The dude is phenomenal uh, for his size and everything. The dude could go in the ring. Mm-hmm. And and I've always sat there and said it numerous times, I would have loved to see a Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, which he has been very openly saying that he has been wanting this, this match for a long time. Right is him and Brock Lesnar. Do you believe that will ever happen? Mm, I would say ask that question to me with the fans start coming back and, you know, things start going back to normal. And yeah, I look at if Brock Lesnar is really is still signed with UFC, if we, if we, if we, if we really did resign that contract, then he might be preoccupied. Well, actually, no. He can be able to. No, he can be able to do both still. Could be done it before. Yeah. So, I believe maybe under the right circumstances. And damn, that's for me. He's gonna have to take the belt off of someone, and Lashley comes after him. Well, Lashley's gonna have to hold on to the belt for what a month, <laughs> and mm-hmm. just lose it, and just have the match right away. That'll be the only way to probably do it. So. Great for Vince, maybe. Not right now, though, but yeah. definitely maybe when the fans start coming yeah. back. I will say, I definitely won't say running me in time. I mean, not just a, not just a couple ones. Maybe next year. So I'll give it like another mm-hmm. year. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they can try to pre, pre-plan that already. And hopefully by the time the fans can come back, then things start coming together again. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, COVID, I tell this now, I think wrestling actually made it relevant for sports to keep going. Uh, obviously, a lot of people were just at that pause button, like, I don't know if we're going to continue. Obviously, sports shut down in March, and it was just like basketball. I'm a big college basketball fan, and March Madness being closed, like, shut down completely, played only three games last season. And you're seeing guys going into the NBA draft based off of those three games for stats was just like, wow. Like, that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the NBA playing in a bubble and stuff is just like, okay, maybe, yeah, everyone has gave this grief about wrestling being fake or whatever, but the wrestling is still going. And obviously their WrestleMania with the no fans and stuff, in the stands type scenario was probably one of their best shows in an absolute long time. And maybe I feel like that gave the sports a chance to be like, you know what? We could, we could do this. We can figure something out and do this and obviously keep going. Obviously it's been a shaky start off through the whole 2020 era, 
I don't know if the NFL is actually going to finish because it just now college is taking a major hit now too. So it's just like I don't know. Maybe the season might finish or it might I mean, not. They're going to. I mean, a lot of people have even said that it probably I mean, doesn't matter. I mean, they're never going to finish when they started though. Like yeah. they already came too far. They're already in what week eleven, week twelve right now. Exactly. So it's going to make no mm-hmm. sense stopping it now, where you had already pre-planned this plan way before during the midst of this outbreak, and you still went with it. So regardless, they're going to have to finish. They're going yeah. to finish when they started. Same way how the NBA did it. And and NHL, yeah, and baseball. So they yep. cannot be the one. You know, they can be the one. Um, the one sport that decide to stop. The chicken right? out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that would not look great, especially in the end of slow case. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And the craziest thing is when you see all these outbreaks and stuff. You've really never seen it with WWE guys. You've never seen it with AEW guys. Like, obviously, I'm sure some of them have been sick and test positive or whatever, but it hasn't been as bad, obviously, in what we see in the NBA, the NFL, stuff like that. Uh, what do you think has really been the difference between them? The difference between which one, again? Uh, from the outbreaks going on with all the other sports compared to wrestling. To be honest, I just to to well, to really be honest, I think it. I think uh, it's like uh, it's tricky because they well because we because we're notified when NFL players or basketball players get COVID and stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. compared to wrestling and the company that you work for, maybe it's a different ball game. It's a different story, especially with the they don't even want you to even say it on television, nonetheless. So they're trying to protect their image. Now, other companies may have embraced it, AEW has already, so they're fully aware. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that they take special care and and people really follow protocol. Now, compared to the NFL, when you're in mm-hmm. a bigger group, it's kind of difficult because. You're traveling too. On top of that, certain people in wrestling is already in mm-hmm. one bubble, already as is. So yeah. they don't gotta travel. Like once you're in that bubble, that's it. Like if you're injured and you get sent home, or you must, or like you know, say like Seth Rollins, for instance, he's been running on TV so he could be with Becky for the birth of the child. So that's a, that's a difference maker. You know what I mean? So that's the only whenever you feel like you get mm-hmm. out of that bubble, so you feel like you're in. You feel like you're, um, you're going to your own sanctuary, and you don't feel like you're in that bubble and that bubble mentality now. So it's different. It, it, it's, yeah. it's different for different companies. So to have the NFL or other leagues or other bigger sports leagues having bigger outbreak numbers and stuff like that, I still feel like wrestling still takes hits too. So don't sleep on that as well. Yeah, like they oh, definitely yeah. do. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm. I definitely agree with you on that. I remember I've seen some. Uh, they said they filmed at least four shows in one day, and obviously when they did the WrestleMania gig, I mean WWE filmed at least I think six tapings before they had to do anything else, and that was on the day of WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like that's crazy and to I find think, out. And then, and I think AEW, it was the time where they were starting to shut down Florida again. So they was so like yeah, they was basically exactly. trying to hurry up so just in case that they haven't they had program for for at least a couple of weeks. So they was so that's why they were trying to run on that clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which sucked too because they just signed that big deal with Fox, and with USA uh, they made that big marquee deal with but USA. Even as though, well. but, e- so but even though, but even though they've been with USA Network since nineteen ninety three, so no matter what, um, well, actually they only left. Well, they left once ago to T, um, to TNN, and then they went to Spike afterwards. Um, but mm-hmm. they, but USA has always been the homestead for for WWE. Since since then, so they always have a hub. So no matter what, as long as mm-hmm. I just think that they'll go below a mil, then they're okay. They're safe, and they just get some decent numbers even through this whole pandemic. Then they're gonna be okay with it. If yeah. it's a Fox, where it's bigger money and they have a more broader audience, that's a different ballgame. That's when you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. okay. What's going to keep these people from well to, to come watch Fox on a Friday night, nonetheless, compared to watching Monday Night Raw on USA, where that's mm. been on there since forever. Right. I, I like the fact that they've got like a versus thing mm-hmm. type going with it too. Like Raw is really competing with the SmackDown ratings. Like it's kind of like how they did at first when they first did the draft scenario. I mean, obviously SmackDown's always been known as the working show and obviously Monday Night Raw was always the stars the stars show basically like literally the character the big characters yeah. type scenario and then Smackdown yeah. was the worker the ones that can the mechanics and wrestling yeah, you gotta I would give like credit to, to Paul Heyman but, because he was and I agree with the thing with AEW too so he had a lot of input of yeah. the, the next set of stars that was going to be the next set of superstars and what how many came out because of him so you know, if it really mm-hmm. was for that era, and you put someone as head of, as as head of writing, and you're given this mixed roster, and you got Paul Heyman at the helm, oh, that's beautiful. It's like he just got a polished up ECW. Oh, yeah. He's being restricted to to a certain extent, but he's okay with that. Whatever. So that was a difference maker. So mm-hmm. he was right on the money with it. SmackDown was definitely for the workhorses to have the great matches that you're gonna be like, yo, and they have and they and they they had compelling storylines too, so don't get it twisted. But Raw was definitely for the main stars. Oh yeah. The main heavyweight stars that's been around since the beginning and the most recognizable faces that everyone knows. And that's the way that, that mm-hmm. you're gonna get these Dallas fans coming back and still watching on Monday on Mondays and Thursdays back then. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. All right, man. I wanna I wanna get this uh, idea out and then I'm gonna talk about your uh your wrestling thing that you do on YouTube. The WWE game that you do. I wanna get I wanna get a little bit in on this, but I wanna ask you this because I've I had numerous we've had this talk before, most of these guys that I've wrestled in the ring with, we'd always have this knowledge and we would sit here and say with all the athletic ability, with all the amazing talent that you see in wrestling now, you know how, like, in the Attitude Era, you know The Rock, you know Stone Cold, you know Triple H, you know Kane, Big Show, the list goes on and on and on. With the generation now, 
who will be the guys that we talk about as our, like like how we called Hulk Hogan and guys like that? Who would be the guys that we would sit here and cherish and talk about some days in from this generation? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You really believe that? Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles would probably another one that you can throw to the mix. And that you'll be talking about forever, even even after the fact. Good question. In this current era right now, I'd probably say Sasha Banks. If you want to throw that, if you really want to try to throw, it, I I want to do just mail. I want to try to get, incorporate everyone as everyone as a whole. So, okay. So Sasha, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, all the four horsewomen, of course, you, of course you're never going to forget about those four. Um, and like I said, um, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. And it went on a, doing in a wild card for Marines now. Because you got... Oh, you believe that he will yeah, be one of the main talk about? He was the one that beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania 2. And then the very next night, what happened during the first open segment? He got booed for seven whole minutes. And yes, I was one of those people, even though it, even though oh, I was yeah. working that night. But I remember I had to run to the break room to watch that beginning that I was just with them. Fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah, I was upset too. So, yeah, I, that's something yeah, that you're I not going to forget that. either. I was happy that Roman beat Taker. I was happy Roman beat Taker because I was like, because the biggest thing where I was thinking of the passing torch scenario, we knew it was coming. We knew what was happening, and we still, you had an effect to it. You still had an emotion. You still got a, a connection towards it where you were upset because you. it was just like you knew what was happening, but you still were just frustrated what, what, what went down. Uh, I think the best thing that they've done so far with Roman Reigns, and I feel like this is going to put the flag down for his name to be known as the guy, is when he turns heel. Uh, the heel Roman Reigns right now has been one of the best heels I've seen in a while. Just how he is telling a story with this thing. We used to say Roman is not good on the mic. That is not true anymore. Roman has gotten to a, a level that I have not mm-hmm. seen this guy in a long time. And it's really cool to see what he's got and just really cool to find out what he's going to do with this. Uh, obviously, Vince is definitely going to do a whole 190. Oh, boy. <laughs> Even though the timing for – and I always, like I said before, when I was a character, when I was a wrestler and stuff, when I was at the top of my game – and I've had a talk with some of the guys that I've wrestled and stuff. They were always asking me, like, could I ever saw myself going heel? And I was like, yes, I agree with you on that. But I was so hot at the time. I didn't want to lose that fire. I thought that was going to be the wrong time. And believe it or not, that is the best time when you do it. And um, obviously with him dealing with cancer and stuff like that he had to deal with and stuff, for him to go heel, obviously after that year of, just where he just came in and you just saw him in a match. You didn't really know much of him, but the crowd was starting to fade off of the, the chanting type scenario. And then the regular boos were starting to come way louder. 
and that's even crazier when you don't even have fans in the stands and you're hearing the booze that's going not generated, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, go ahead um, man. to to Roman Reigns. First thing, let me just do this. Yes, I'm clapping for you. As much as before, I was booing you like crazy back then for so many different reasons. And no, I don't blame you. I blame Vince. Yeah, I blame Vince for the way that he had him strapped up with a rocket and took off. But it was just bad timing and forcing it down our fucking throats and we hated it. So, first and foremost. So, we, so we actually did win heel. But more importantly, when you teamed up with Paul Heyman, Oh, yes. You know that's going to get you some recognition because you got one of the best players in the game. Period. You know what I'm saying? So you already know you now you got people looking at you like, okay, what's Roman about to do? What's going to be his first objective for things? Then that's when you see the whole changing of the guard between this is my yard to this is my island now. And then calling up the tribal chief and head of the head and now the head mm-hmm. of the table. Which just sound like some president shit. You know what I'm saying? And then I feel like it's gonna be a time for the rock to come back, which I'm a big rock fan. Obviously, if he does come back, we know what the result's gonna be, but I would still I'm telling you right now, the ratings would go up right off the rip. Just the way he is going as a heel right now, the ratings should be going up just because of this story. And people are just going to watch. If anything, we'll just watch this to see what Roman's going to do. Uh, I have not seen a match with Jay Uso as good as what he has been doing so far. Uh, obviously, I feel like the push is starting to die down on him right now. But, man, just how quick they pushed him up. And you were just all about Jay Uso. Like, Jay Uso, it was Jay Uso smackdown for a good almost month when they go into that have that hell in the cell match and stuff like that. So I mean it was just a big kudos to that. And that's what I call <laughs> the flavor of the month type scenario. Because now you don't know what's gonna happen with it anymore. Obviously the head of the table, we're gonna find out if they're gonna keep the bloodline. We're gonna find out what they're gonna do with all that. But I do want to change the subject. So we are running a little short. So tell me about the wrestling company <laughs> that you got on YouTube, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. And finally, it came to this. Okay. So, NEW, New England Wrestlers. Me and my bro, Will, uh, Wise One. Shout out to him. Shout out to the podcast, by the way. Shout out to his partner in the building. Go listen to his stuff. Nonetheless, um, so we just talk about old school wrestling, and then we were just talking about some old backyard wrestling that we used to do as kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he gave, so he told some of his stories and some mm-hmm. of mine and stuff like that. Then we just said, what did we actually just did it? Like, what did we actually just start our, our, our own company? That he just said, man, what did we start our own virtual one? Like, and then I thought about it and I'm like, hmm, virtual? Like, I, then I thought about the 2K, the WWE games and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? People actually had done that. I, mean, I remember the Elite, 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 I mean, Elite Wrestling Legion they have on, on YouTube too. And 
he does and he did his own universe created um uh-huh. create a wrestling universe world, stuff like that whatever right so he was a key influence to this whole process so seeing that and i became a fan now i'm like you know what i'm not, i'm i'm gonna actually noodle with this and then the construction just happened and through the massive pickering and parts and having to find it and putting them all together and shit. And oh my god, it probably took me like two and a half weeks to get all this stuff done. And yeah, it's in the way that we got it is still tweaking up till this very day. I am proud of that little little simulated wrestling company that me and Brogar had created. So yes. And you see how far that we've been doing and you know just trying to keep this thing going. So do y'all, so so, y'all play as the characters, or is it we just kind of, We might kind of tweak it up and change it. Like, say, uh, you know, we might make it a little bit more competitive, so we're going to try to, you know, make it count and to see what, how how much could we do, and we did. And at least it gives some type of perspective about uh-huh. the unpredictability compared to if it's simulated, then you know, what certain things is going to be able to do at certain times, so you can't already coordinate that, I guess. So, we're still tweaking on some of that stuff. But for right now, right. Well, at least for season one that's still going on right now, currently as we speak, everything is similar. But maybe for season two, probably do it a little bit different. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, man. That's pretty cool, man. So, so, so what have y'all? So obviously, do y'all get a good amount of people um, looking at we're it? We're trying to, um, but yeah, we were getting decent amount. I think the top one that's been played, I guess, what the December to December pay per I think it had like 30, 30 views on it. I haven't checked it in like the last like two and a half weeks, so I gotta go back and check the stats on those. But yeah, but we were getting play- yeah, but we were getting views every day. Um, you know, still want to grow and be this kind of like a process. I think people are kind of wanting to say what's what more can I add to it to try to make it different and distinctive? And now everything is not, um, how am I going to say this? There mm-hmm. ain't no mods, I guess, in my version of my company. Now, if you look at the, the difference between mine and other people's is, probably they'll use the PC version of the game, and they can install these modeling um, add-on installments and stuff. So they mm-hmm. can do creative stuff with it, and, like, and that's how they change the dynamic of the game itself. So for me, it's just strictly through the game and me actually taking right. these files and literally dumping them on my laptop and really editing them and piecing together like a piecing together like an actual show. So you make it feel like you're actually watching an actual show. So you really don't have to do. Oh, anything. okay. So you're not watching the exact the whole simulation. Right. So you're obviously editing uh-huh. the little bits of it. To kind of like make it into showtime. That's pretty cool. All right, so I do want to finish off with this. So you just said it. You edited these videos and stuff. So what is more difficult, editing an episode for your podcast or a video for the, the video for the, the YouTube, YouTube gig? Because of these reasons. Yes, because for me really? editing my podcast, I can do it right. I can do it right from my phone. It's pretty easy. Yeah, I've been. Used to my phone for for a little for a little while now, so I already got comfortable with it. So I already know off the back of how much stuff that I need to do and how much time it would even get done. Compared to the New England Wrestling Simulator, um, 
it takes me a little while longer because you got to crop out, you got to pick time frame where to crop out, where to cut and delete mm-hmm. certain uh, excessive footage and pieces together to fade out and, you know, adding sponsorship commercials to it, stuff like that, to try to promote the podcast as well, incorporate that into the programming um, and piece it together to make it feel like it's like an actual show and not just as a video game. So I'm trying to create, um, try to mm-hmm. give the most production and editing that I can possibly can with the program that I'm using to make it feel like it's, like it's something worth watching every week. I'm like, okay, he, there's a new episode coming out, and then you gotta remember, oh, there's a tape review coming out on Saturday too. Ha! Huh. You already got the reminder going. So now let's see. And then if you guys really follow. Each, each and every episode and how the rivalries have been building up and then you feel like, okay, this is sort of like an actual wrestling league. Yeah, there's rivalries in it, the championships on the line, the craziness of that you just have, there's some unpredictability. So I kind of want to make it, you know, my own style, but me being mm-hmm. as a, my own mystic man. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Everybody man. wants to be the Vinny Mac sometimes, <laughs> you know. So I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I mean, we. I mean, you got so many wrestling podcasts. You got so many backstory. I will say this: I feel like wrestling took a major hit when everything has got to be on the end. When everything has got to be revealed before it's even showed on TV. Uh. I think the one thing I got WrestleMania over as well is because you didn't know much of it. Nobody was revealing anything. No one was selling anything of it. Like with the Undertaker and AJ Styles match, a lot of people could have what feelings they want on it. You didn't expect any of that. Like it was like a movie. It wasn't a match. It was a movie. And you weren't expecting that. You were just like, what's this Boneyard match going to be like? What's going to happen? You didn't have a backstory going, oh, they're going to film it outside of a cemetery or something like that. It, nothing was revealed. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that wrestling is having trouble with. And I wish they would get out of that way. But obviously, with the world we are now, that's probably never going to happen. But, Deshaun, I want to thank you for doing this today. My last question for you is, what is the future hold for well, Off the Top Ropes podcast? Right here, right now, man, we're going to try to go, go – Audio to video next, so hopefully, so hopefully I can work out some of the tweaks and stuff. Oh um, man! Hopefully we can start setting up through Zoom or Streamyard. That's the very next thing that we're going to um, try to do next. Try to get ready for season three, which would be somewhat after Martin Luther King Day, January, because we're about to be taking our season break, like probably before Christmas. So we'll be so we'll be off for like a good few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charge our batteries, and as I work behind the scenes to get season three ready. But yes, I am a busy man, folks. Um, also, we're working on a T-shirt coming soon. <laughs> yes, there will be two colors. You can either choose between black Uh-oh. and white or black and red. Haha. So, and then hope, and then sooner or later we're going to try to get um signature shirt styles for a few of the boys, the chorus for the fans who know who actually listen to our podcast. You know, Uncle, uh, you know, um, E. Deuce's favorite quote is two shits and a toy C-plus. So, yes, we're actually going to try to incorporate two shits and a toy C-plus. 
um, shirt for that signature line. And then we're going to get Uncle Fast's famous teen emphasis with him, you know what I'm saying, with his face silhouette on it, everything screaming teen. So, yes, we are actually going to try to do some signature crazy designs, try to really grow this thing into a little small business. I this ain't just a this 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 ain't just a this ain't just a podcast. Oh man, love it, love it. Yeah, I'm trying to make it into. All right, man, y'all hear it, man. I want y'all to check out Off the Top Rules podcast. That you can check them out on Anchor, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. And I mean, Deshaun, I appreciate you doing this with me today. I told you I owed you one for having me on your show, which was an absolute blast. It was great to just go through memory lane. Like, it was really cool. Like, when I listened to it, I was just like, man, it was really cool to be a guest. Like, obviously, I like hosting these, but it's like, it was cool just to have that feeling like, oh, man, this is what it feels like to be a guest on a podcast. That was really cool. And it was really cool to have that memory lane type scenario because it because obviously I don't really talk about it much just because <laughs> nah, it was tough. <laughs> I mean, that's really the best way to put it. It was tough. But, man, I appreciate you doing this with me today. I wish nothing but the best in futures with you. And uh, if you ever want to come back on here, man, you just hit me up and we'll set it same up. Thing, uh, same, same thing. Same with it on your thing, show as well, man. So, Deshaun, I appreciate you doing this. Anytime you want, man, just to chop it up with me and the boys, man. You know that you're welcome back. Hey, man, I got you. Uh, maybe we'll critique a pay-per-view together or something. No, we just got back to viruses already. Um, I know the next one coming up next will probably be Tables, Lads, and Chairs. Yeah. That's what, December 20th? So maybe oh. that will probably be our season finale before we go onto our season break. So maybe if I talk to the boys to see exactly when and where, we might be able to do it. But nonetheless, you would actually probably be our special guest for our season finale, so it would actually be worth it. Spoiler alert, fam. Spoiler alert, but hey. The fallout is probably going to be some shots fired. So prepare to win your best, folks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Deshaun, I appreciate doing this with me today, man. I hope you have a good day. All right, time to get to go home, too. First and foremost, I would like to thank Deshaun Blackheart for coming on today and just having a great chat, man. Shoot the breeze. Have some fun. Have some laughs. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just awesome. And even better, man. What better way? Just And I love it more when I just get to talk about wrestling. And not just one wrestling. It's everything as a whole. Uh, it's just really cool. I can't thank that anymore. Uh, also, if y'all heard the spoiler, probably on Deshaun Blackheart's final season for this upcoming year. Going into season two, I think. I think that's what he said. Uh, it's going to be the finale. I'm probably going to critique with him talking about TLC pay-per-view. You know my knowledge on wrestling. You know how I am talking about matches word for word. If you ha- don't know, there's a episode on here and where I'm critiquing WrestleMania. And I have had such a great feedback on it. It was one of our most played episodes. Obviously... 
that tells y'all something. Uh, it's just really cool. So, so I'm looking forward to that. But so y'all just keep, y'all keep uh, eye on over the top rope uh, podcast because them guys are really making some noise. And man, they're they are out of Boston and um they they're um really changing it up, man. Now, obviously, there's so many wrestling podcasts. But, man, I really like just how the knowledge and just how in-depth that he goes with everything. And it's not just like the typical basic stuff. He goes really in-depth, talks about more and more, and it's just awesome. It was such a great to just get to go on and talk to him again about good old wrestling, man. You can't beat it. Cannot beat it, guys. But, all right, y'all. That is it for today. I thank y'all for joining us. I hope we didn't bore y'all. I hope everyone has a great weekend. I hope your teams win uh, this weekend. Obviously, you know what? Sorry. I, I hope if if Florida plays this weekend, I don't want to win it. I'm sorry, but hey, that's whatever. I would like to see Miami and Florida this be, uh, ending off of this season. Obviously, with college football going on, I would love to see Miami versus Florida. Or Miami versus Clemson again would be a really good one. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence will be back. So, you don't know what would happen there. But let's finish this off like we always do. I hope everyone washes their hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got to do. Protect what you got. And I will be back when I have more bazzzz down the road. Later.